Spiritually speaking, God gave us the Sabbath. He established it both by example and by commandment. Historically speaking, humans decided to change it around. Christians to Sunday, Muslims to Friday, and Jews to restrictive traditions. Perhaps this is why Jesus needed to establish that he is Lord of the Sabbath. No human can change or restrict the joy that is in this day that is so integral to the very essence of creation. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce our panel today, and I'd like to ask each one of you to tell us your name and um, your dream vacation spot. Okay, um, my name is Elena, and I think that my dream vacation right now would probably be like a tour of Southeast Asia. I think that would be fun. Interesting. My name is Milan, and my dream vacation spot is definitely to go to New Zealand. Mm. Um, they have the darkest skies in the world, and it's like perfect for stargazing, and that's something I'm really into, so. My name is Chris Simons, and that's a tough one. Uh, I don't know if I can beat yours. <laughs> uh, New Zealand is a good choice. Um, I think that my dream vacation spot would be touring the islands of Micronesia. Mm -hmm. Nice. My dream vacation spot would probably be someplace in Egypt. I'd like, I love the, the, the scenery of the desert and kind of just to take in some history and see the pyramids. That would mm. be exciting for me. Milana, I'd like to ask you if you'd um, give our prayer and if you would read our key text. Certainly. Um, well, let's pray first. Dear Holy Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, study your word and to um, just do this in this awesome setting. I pray that you guide our discussion and help others to be drawn to you through the words that we say and through your, your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, our key text for today is Mark chapter 2, verse 27, and I'm reading from the um, New King James Version. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Mm. Okay, so um, the lesson that we're discussing today is Christ as Lord of the Sabbath. And so when you think about Christ as Lord of the Sabbath, what comes to mind? What, what are some of the first things that come to your mind as Christ as Lord of the Sabbath? Uh, to me, I, I think of Christ as being kind of reigning over this day. Um, he's such a, a, an awesome and powerful God that we're serving. And, and to say that he's Lord of the Sabbath, he's Lord of this wonderful day that he's made for us to all come together and just and worship him and, 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 and just enjoy each other's company in his presence. Yeah. But when I think of Christ as Lord of the Sabbath, Hearing it phrased that way, it gives me a context. You know, it, it's placing Christ as the individual who kind of maps out how the Sabbath happens, how the Sabbath takes place, how the Sabbath manifests itself, and how I need to relate to it. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing, or at least hearing the reference Christ as Lord of the Sabbath kind of gives me a context for what my relationship should be like with the Sabbath. So that kind of takes us into our first question, which is, uh, in what ways have you personally experienced the blessing of Sabbath? Mm. 
I know for me, um, you know, growing up, I mean, I've been a Seventh-day Adventist all my life, always observed Sabbath, but as a kid, you know, I always rushed the Sabbath. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I felt like there were a lot of rules surrounding the Sabbath. I can't do this, can't do that. But the older I got, especially when I got to grad school, when I was just so tired and stressed all week, it was just awesome to have a point where I can just like say, even if I had deadlines, mm -hmm. even if I had assignments due by midnight on Saturday, to set aside time to say this is God's time, it just felt like God looking out for me. You know, like this is a time for you just to rest and to have peace and know that I'm going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And that's like when the Sabbath, when I really fell in love with the Sabbath. Yeah, and that's a beautiful experience to know that you have this weekly event to look forward to where you can you can commune with God, you can rest, recharge. What are some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, what are some of the other things that you've experienced as being the greatest blessings of Sabbath? Um, well, for me, I became Adventist when I was 17. So I already had like an, a little part-time job and whatnot, and I used to work on Saturday. And when I became Seventh-day Adventist, I was like, wait, I can rest on <laughs> Sabbath. I don't mm -hmm. have to work on yeah. Friday nights and all day Saturday, mm -hmm. and then Sunday do all my homework and work, and then go to school on Monday. You were winning. So it was great. I was like, right. oh my goodness, this is amazing. I right. get to go to church in the morning, then come home and just relax with my family mm -hmm. and enjoy nature and... Yeah, I, it was just full on rest, right, which right. is very nice. Blessings of Sabbath. Um, I'll be the first to admit, I don't worship and uh, read and study as I should during the week. Um, and Sabbath kind of presents itself as uh, a do-over for me, a chance mm -hmm. to make up for the time that I haven't committed throughout the week mm -hmm. to, to spend time in prayer and study. And um, it, it just feels really good. You're recharging yourself mm -hmm. and just rejuvenation, like you mentioned earlier. Just, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the ways I've personally experienced the blessing of Sabbath is, is as you all have stated, the, the ability to kind of rest, reflect, but um, also the opportunities that kind of present themselves to maybe interact with someone else mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. about who Christ is. Mm -hmm. And when I think about what my relationship is to the Sabbath and what the Sabbath is, is supposed to be or what it's meant to be, I, I try to find situations to put myself into where I can experience the best of, best of both those perspectives. How do, I, how do I rest but still make Sabbath mm -hmm. um, an experience for someone else? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I enjoy the fact that Sabbath, the Sabbath, is an event where we get to actually focus all of our attention on providing that experience that we're enjoying for maybe someone else as well. Mm, yeah. The next question that, um, that we have is um, how, as his custom was, it states in Luke 4.16 in the New King James Version, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Why is this a particularly good Adventist passage. <laughs> so it, again, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Why is that a particularly good Adventist passage? What comes to mind when you think about it? I that? think it shows that he didn't come to do away with the Sabbath, mm -hmm. how many people claim. It, mm -hmm. it shows that he came to worship on Sabbath with his brothers and sisters. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what it is, that he was keeping it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we always look for ways to affirm that you need to be in church on Sabbath, you know. Yeah. So this is like a good go-to. Like even Jesus, you know, was at church on that, Sabbath. That, so. that, that kind of triggered that thought in my mind as well. 
-hmm. as Adventists, we have we have a um, kind of this creed that you need to be with like-minded believers mm -hmm. in a religious setting mm -hmm. um, on the Sabbath day, mm -hmm. and this kind of solidifies that practice for for many Adventists seeing what Christ did. He was faithfully in the synagogue each Sabbath, mm -hmm. and you know he was doing. He was doing his duty, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, and I, I thought that was a, an interesting question. Any other any other reasons why this is particularly a good Adventist passage? Well, I mean, realistically speaking, it's half of our name, Seventh Day Adventist, mm -hmm. um, to to show that Christ, uh, we call him our perfect example, and, and we're supposed to model our lives after Christ. And it says right there, as was his custom, he was in the synagogue or, or church in our in our wording. Um, on the Sabbath, and it shows this is how we are supposed to live. We are supposed to go to worship, to teach, to learn um, on this special day in this special place. Mm -hmm. Right. When, um, when you think about some of the things that would have occurred in the synagogue, what, what comes to mind in relation to what happens in maybe some of our, um, our Christian institutions, or our Seventh-day Adventist institutions on, on the Sabbath day? Like teaching, teaching, thinking, you know, mm -hmm. if nothing else, you know, we go and we sit with other like-minded believers mm -hmm. and we share, you know, we, st we say what we, we share what we study, you know, in the Bible and we go to learn and we go almost like a boost, you know, you're supposed to do daily readings. I mean, we all fall, fall short, you know, you're not the only one, but the Sabbath and going to church is supposed to like fortify our beliefs, you know, so definitely Jesus led out in teachings and that's definitely what we see today. Right. And I think along with that, it allows us to see a different perspective because even though we do have the same core philosophy, mm -hmm. as humans, we're very unique and we're gonna understand it differently as individuals. So like to mm -hmm. be able to see somebody else's perspective and be like, huh, that yeah, makes sense. I can now make it part of how right. I practice. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's important to um, to share that, that learning that we have throughout the Sabbath with others. Um, to, to go and, and learn about Christ and then not just to keep that to yourselves, mm -hmm. but then to go, to go out, out. Yes. Yeah. into the world, whether it's down the street or another country, um, you know, it, it's to go out and, and spread mm -hmm. that word, mm -hmm. spread that truth, um, because others want to learn just as you've learned. Right, yeah. and that's what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so our next question, what other lessons do we learn about the Sabbath from Jesus's ministry? So when we think about how Jesus related to the Sabbath, what he did on the Sabbath, how he interacted with the Sabbath day. What sorts of things can we learn about the Sabbath from his ministry? Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and I ask it with, with the intent to kind of draw a correlation to what we should be doing mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. what we are doing based on what his ministry was. Mm -hmm. what, what comes to mind? So for me, when I first became Adventist, it was the summer that I was preparing to go off to college, mm -hmm. and I completely changed all my plans and decided to go to an Adventist institution. And it was there where I really learned what, you know, how to implement what Christ was doing himself during Sabbath. So, you know, a lot of people were like, hey, so after church, we're gonna go um, to an inner city neighborhood, and mm. we're gonna play with the kids okay. that mm. never mm. get a chance to interact with other adults or young people that Mm -hmm. might inspire them to study and do different things. So things like that really opened me up to what 
what Christ was doing and interacting with people outside of the synagogue mm -hmm. and healing them and being a part of their lives. Right. You know, so that's where I learned. Yeah. To me, what's so beautiful about the Sabbath and how Jesus, um, what he did on the Sabbath, he revealed his character. Right. You know, like he reached those who were unreached and similar to the activities that took place in your college, you know, he healed, healed the sick, even if it broke the traditional legalistic yeah. rules of the Pharisees, you know, like he was there to reveal who he was, especially on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. that was just, it's just beautiful. You know, even when um, people are sick or need needed demons to be cast out, he didn't say, oh no, it's the Sabbath, I'm sorry, you have to come back another day, mm -hmm. but he, that's when he like chose to rise up and mm -hmm. to look for those opportunities and mm -hmm. to say, this is what's gonna happen, it's gonna happen especially here right. today. Right. Yeah. It's important to uh, focus on the words Christ used, he says, uh, to do good. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what the Sabbath is mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. It's about coming together and worshiping, but it's also about just doing good. Mm -hmm. um, the Pharisees wanted to, you know, catch him, um, you know, performing miracles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Christ asked, well, who would, who of you wouldn't help your donkey out of a ditch mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, right. if it was on the Sabbath? Silence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Their hypocrisies. Don't, don't you, don't you feed them? Don't you <laughs> right. bring them to water? Yeah. Exactly. Right. So right. if you would do that for an animal, why not do something so great for mm -hmm. your fellow man? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, right. and what I like about particularly what Luke does, and, and, and I, I would encourage folks as much as they can to read the Gospel of Luke, particularly in relationship to Christ as Lord of the Sabbath, mm -hmm. because I like how the depiction of who Christ was in relation to the Sabbath, mm -hmm. I like how he shares that, that perception. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of like what you said, it, was, it wasn't just about being in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. It was about getting mm -hmm. outside of the synagogue right. mm -hmm. and going outside of the, the Jewish culture mm -hmm. or the Jewish individuals and mm -hmm. kind of interacting with these Gentiles and, and interacting with those who needed interaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, he happened to be walking by, but I think I, I, I get the feeling Jesus sought after some of these opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's encouraging to me as right. I try to build my perspective, mm -hmm. what my relationship to the Sabbath should be in relation to what he did here in his ministry. I agree. And I think it's also important to note that when we do these things, they're not just in the benefit of the person that we're interacting with. Absolutely. I think it's also 100% to our benefit because it renews our faith in God. It renews our energy even. I, you know, the few times that I did do these type of things on Sabbath, I felt more rested mm -hmm. than I did when I just went back to my dorm room. It's and a spiritual took a rejuvenation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think we need to remember that it's not just, oh, I'm going to show you the light and the truth. It's right. like, I'm learning from you as well. Mm -hmm. And you're feeding my soul right. as well. Right. Right. And speaking of feeding, remember Christ says, what you've done to the least of them, you've done to me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so to go out and help your, your brother and your sister who's downtrodden, um, it, it's to say that you've actually spent time with Christ. Right. Um, you've reflected upon his character, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. right. it, it seems the thing to do on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we look at, so, so now we'll transition to, okay, so we, we saw what Jesus did. What was the reaction? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next question is, according to Luke 6, 1 through 5, and if anyone, if anyone has it, please, please read it. But according to Luke 6, 1 through 5, how did Jesus face the accusation 
that he and his disciples did not care for the law and the Sabbath. Did anyone? Would you like me to read it? Sure, please. You said Luke 6, 1 through 5. 1 through 5. So I'm reading from the NIV version, and it says, One Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in, rubbed them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Mm -hmm. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and taking the, consec the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And then he also gave some of his companions. Then Jesus said to, to them, the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. Is that not powerful? Mm. Yeah. Yes. He said so much right. without having said too much. Yeah. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. It was a simple response mm -hmm. that was power packed. Mm -hmm. And I would invite, I would invite our listeners to, and our viewers to, to go back and, and read this in context mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. see all of the other examples where this kind of response is given. And it kind of leads up to something. What, what is he leading up to in his response when he's sharing? Well, in your opinion, what is he leading up to in his response? about the accusation that he didn't care about the law or the Sabbath. Well, I think he, oh, go ahead. No, please. go, please, ladies first. Okay, well, I think he's just leading up to the fact that we shouldn't be accusing people. Like, these are things that have been done mm -hmm. in the past before. Mm -hmm. Why are you so worried right. about my actions? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you worried about what you should be doing right. and what you have done? Yeah. He talks about what's considered lawful and unlawful. Right. And, um... It, it's important to to kind of think about it in the context where these Pharisees are talking about what is breaking the Sabbath law. Right. And Christ, to me, is saying, why are you so worried about breaking the Sabbath law? Why are you so worried about all of these many things that you've put to the Sabbath? Mm -hmm. I didn't say this. Mm -hmm. You all are heaping law upon law, and it's now become something that's unenjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and his response was so... I, I, I kind of get the feeling that there was an indignant approach when he... I imagine he kind of looked up and he was like, haven't you read... Right. This is what you live by. Have yeah. you not read what right. has happened in the past? You know, where did where where did it become wrong to do good mm -hmm. yeah. on the Sabbath? When mm -hmm. did that happen? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so um, what I what I like what I like to draw from here is his response wasn't necessarily a defense. It, he didn't, there was nothing to defend against because mm -hmm. there was no crime committed. There was no offense actually committed. It was, it was a realization I think he was trying to bring to these accusers mm. that, that kind of called them to action, to kind of mm. stop and think about what it is you're complaining about. Mm. Right. Feeding someone, healing someone. Right. Is right. this really wrong? Mm. Right. And, and when did it become wrong? Mm -hmm. Did mm -hmm. you decide it was wrong? Right. I think that's something we have to kind of take a moment to review in our own lives. When are we as Christians, as Adventists, <laughs> heaping law upon law mm -hmm. that we're no longer able to be effective in reflecting Christ's mm. ministry, right? I think yeah. it's also, very quickly, yeah. I, I think it's also interesting that he says, um, when he says, I'm Lord of the, uh, the Sabbath, um, 
he, he's presenting himself. He's saying, listen, you need to understand who you're speaking with. Right. Mm -hmm. right. And right. it's not like a, a derogatory check. kind of thing, not <laughs> like he's putting them down necessarily, mm -hmm. but saying, understand who I am mm -hmm. right. and my purpose for being right. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am Lord of the Sabbath. And this was kind of an introductory statement. Right. right. And that's, what, that's where the indignant stance comes from. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, this is where we're setting the record. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the purpose I am to fulfill, the standard by which we're expected to live mm -hmm. by. And actually, Michael, when you, the question you just raised, you know, like how to make sure that we're careful not to fall into the same path, in my mind's eye, this happens when you take your eyes off the Lord mm -hmm. of the Sabbath, mm -hmm. you know, like when you're just focusing on the law right. and not right. the Lord. That's right. where you can go down the slippery slope. That's why it's so easy right. to do it nowadays, mm -hmm. you know. You're forgetting what's important. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how did Jesus's healing in miracles show the true purpose of his coming and of the Sabbath? So now that we know what his perspective was, what his stance is, how did Jesus' healing miracles show the true purpose of his coming and of the Sabbath? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it shows that he was here to heal us both physically and spiritually. We basically said he is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He is the reason why that this, this, is, this has to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, when you look at, when you go through the Gospels and you read the different miracles that he does, it's always tied, every healing that he does physically is tied to something spiritual. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, and every person that asks for the healing, if they ask, does it because they have this deep faith in knowing that he is the son of God. Absolutely. And that he is the, the person, the only person with the power to give them the relief that mm -hmm. they need. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a dual, it's a dual, um, mm -hmm. It's a dual thing. Purpose. Purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's interesting to me because every organization, every group of people, religious or otherwise, goes through a reality check at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. And I see Christ as kind of saying, this is your reality check to the Jewish nation, particularly the leaders of the Jewish nation, the Pharisees, um, saying, listen, the way you've been going about this is all wrong. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's no longer about worshiping God. It's now about uh, the perfect perception of worshiping God. Mm -hmm. And they, they lose the meat of it all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think yeah. that's Christ saying, listen, it's time to get it right. right. This is right. what's really important here in regards to the Sabbath, in regards to worship, in regards to the way you live your lives. Right. Mm -hmm. right. and, I, and I like the point that you made, Helena, because it was that every, every miracle that he did, every good thing that he did, while it pointed back to something spiritual, it, it, it was making a statement of establishment. Mm. Mm. And we'll actually talk about this in, in some later lessons, the establishment of the kingdom of God, but he was establishing his purpose mm. Mm. Right. of coming to earth. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that was to you know, eradicate the presence of evil, mm -hmm. eradicate sin, to bring mm -hmm. healing, mm -hmm. to, to bring a realization of who Christ is. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think what he did there established his purpose, even if people didn't accept it. You know, I feel like through the stories, we always find that while there were the naysayers, they actually were, they couldn't kind of help themselves from being expressively happy about what had just occurred. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there was this conflict that they couldn't reconcile. They're like, okay, 
this is great, but but why him or why that way? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is kind of setting the record straight. He's coming here to make this establishment. So we'll talk about that more in, in future lessons. The next question and our final question is, what is the relationship between loving God and keeping his Sabbath holy? Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of touched on that throughout the entire session here. Mm -hmm. But what is the relationship between loving God and keeping his Sabbath holy? Well, I know when I think about the Sabbath, I kind of think of it as like a weekly date mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. God. And you know, with mm -hmm. any relationship, you need time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, it needs to be quality time. Mm -hmm. So God, when he created us and created the world, he loved us so much and he realized our needs, he realized we would need this day of rest. Mm -hmm. And in the, through that rest, we could get to know him more. So through a relationship with him, getting to know him every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. Our love for him and his love for us prompts us to want to spend more time with him, mm -hmm. to get to know his character more, to um, minister to others, to get to know his creation more, whether it's other people or nature. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, just focusing on him, um, our love for him, you know, that's what prompts us to keep it. Right. Keep the Sabbath holy. Right. Yeah, I definitely like that analogy of, you know, it's like a relationship and mm -hmm. you have that special day that you come together. But I also, I mean, we have to remember it's a commandment. Right. It's mm -hmm. one of the Ten Commandments. Right. And I've come to the conclusion that when you love and respect someone, you keep their rules. Mm -hmm. And God gave us ten simple rules. And one of them is the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And because I've fallen in love with God, and through that love have grown to respect him, then I want to keep all these 10 rules that he asks us to, to keep in our heart and in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I see two sides of it. Um, there's the law, the lawful side, like you said, you know, uh, the, the, four, the, seventh, the seventh day keeping the Sabbath. Um, I, I liken that to uh, a parent telling his or her child to clean their room. And the child says, okay, I will. And the parent says, well, I want you to clean it on this day. And the child says, well, I'll clean it, but not on that day. Mm -hmm. As a child, you're going to want to obey your father or your mother, and you're going to want to do it when they've asked you to do it. It's not just that you've done it, but it's that you've done it to the way you, they've instructed. And so I kind of liken that um, to our worshiping on the Sabbath. This is the, the day that the Lord has set aside for us. And yes, worship seven days a week, but there's a special, uh, a special part to this day because Christ sanctified it. Mm -hmm. He put it there for us. Right. That's the first side. And then very quickly, the second side is Christ's love. And we're to show our love on the Sabbath. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the reflection of his character. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up, 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, but I would actually start from, um, from fifth, verse 15. It says, and, he, and this is from the New King James Version. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, mm. but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's verse 15. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Mm. And this Amen. is taken from the passage of, they call this the ministry of reconciliation. Mm. So once you've understood that your purpose now is to live for Christ, because he died for you. When you talk about this in the relationship between loving God and keeping the Sabbath holy, these things start to become a natural occurrence. Thank you all for joining us as we talked about the lesson, Christ as Lord of the Sabbath. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. 
That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Michael Martell.